Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. I guess you can guess what my number one Smiz drum roll show to watch. And the whole gang is back. We're talking Kyla Pratt. Paula Jai Parker, Tommy Davidson, everybody, Big Mama, Sugar Mama, Joe Marie Payton, and Salil Moonfly, and there's other folk, Kiki Palmer, Billy Porter. I mean, it's just amazing. We're talking about the Proud family, Loud and Proud. They are back. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and let me welcome to the show the creator, the creator, producer, executive producer of the Proud family, Louder and Prouder, available on Disney+. Plus. Let me welcome Mr. Bruce W. Smith. Hello. Hey, Karen. Thank you so much for uh, having me on board. You know, I've been I've been a proud family since the um since 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 it started. Since the, you know it was so bad. I, hey, I had I had it on my little phone watching it. Like I would download the episodes because it was just so smart. It was a family that you got the uncle that sings and comes in with the do rag and all of that. And, and sugar mama who was the babies. It was just, you just had so much going on. The dirty sisters, the gray sisters that would be bullying people. Gross sisters. Gross sisters. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you just had everything in it and then it went away. So first tell us why did it go away? And then how did you get it back? I know, uh, right? All that blackness just coming in one time and disappearing the next you know, fell swoop. Well, when we did the show the first time around, we did it for the Disney Channel. And in Disney Channel tradition, what they would do is that they would, whatever show they did, be it, you know, at the time, even Stevens, Kim Possible, all those little, you know, kid shows they did. What they did, they did 52 episodes and then kind of capped it off with a movie. They never canceled anything. They just, they just, this was just their way they operated. And so Ralph Farquhar, who's also exec producer, um, we all knew that we were we had unfinished business, basically. So, you know, ever since we fell off the airwaves at, at that point. Now, mind you, also. We were also like on BET for a while and, and uh, um, MTV even late at night and stuff like that. So there was a certain breath that the show continued to have over the years. But. But truthfully, it was like, you know, about 15 years of, of just, you know, nothing in our wake. Right. Mm. And um, uh, and, you know, just like anything, when you folks create stuff, you would expect that there would be lots of knockoffs. I mean, the show was was definitely a success for for Disney at the time. I mean, we were always told that. And then we were always told to bring us something else like that. Bring mm. us something else like that. Right. But we were like, listen, there's still life in the proud family. So um, and so. I remember this must have been about three years ago. Ralph and I came to the studio. We were pitching something else that we had uh, that was like the Proud family. And they loved that pitch. And they said, we've loved this. We want to do this. But also, how do you guys feel about revisiting the Proud family again? And we were like, well, we told you that this yeah, is something man. that we, we wasn't really done with. And so now, you know, timing is everything. In business. You guys know that. It really so is. I think... Um, um, this was probably the best time for it because of how the world has kind of evolved, you know, um, uh, how we've evolved as people and and all the circumstances that have surrounded us for the past 15 years, how all those things evolved. So you put all those things kind of together. And I think this is the perfect timing for the show. 
Bruce W. Smith is here, and you can follow him at Bruce Almighty with a bunch of E's, E-E-E. Three E's on the back of the T. Bruce Almighty. Lamont King is here, comedian extraordinaire as well. Are you a proud family, uh, proud member of the proud family? Lamont. I, I I used to watch it uh, here and there back in the day with uh, you know little cousins and nieces and nephews and whatnot. But my my question is, you, did I hear you correctly say there was a fifteen year gap? About a fifteen year gap in between. So I think the only thing that kind of followed us was maybe Boondocks. You know, so I so, kind of don't count the Cleveland show. That's not really a black show. No, with that type of break though, how are you able to to get people back? Because you know, a lot of times artists they'll they'll evolve creatively. And there are certain things that they, you know, they don't want to return to. How, how are you able to, to, to get them all back? It wasn't a problem for us. I mean, we had such a great time doing the show the first time around. Mm-hmm. It was like a party when we got together. Like our recording sessions were always amazing. You know, always had amazing talent there. We all, it was like, it was, you know, the blackest, the black experiences that I ever had in the animation business came from the Wow. So, uh, so it was something that we all enjoyed. We all embraced. And the beauty was that, you know, everyone's voice sounded the same. I was going to ask you, yeah, yeah. 15 years, nobody, you know, age. nobody's voice was ashy. I mean, you know, that's 15 <laughs> yeah. years of dust and crust. Right. That nobody right. Hennessy, Hennessy. Right. Hennessy and vaping, <laughs> nothing. Right. No, none of that. Everybody sounds great. They sound, you know, Kyla, Kyla told me, she says, uh, you know, what's so funny about the show is that I could be in Target and people will hear my voice in another aisle and run up to me looking for Penny Proud. Did you hear that? That sounded like Penny Proud in this aisle here. Now, Kyla's got kids now. So she says she has a hard time even disciplining her kids because she sounds like a kid herself. Mm. That's amazing. Um, so no, how do you change? Nobody changed. But the world, the world changed, Bruce. So how do you, how do you... I started watching, um, and and you're 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 giving us you're coming back with a little nod to the past, and you know, how are the babies still babies though? How how the baby Penny got breasts and an ass, but um, the babies are still babies. What what happened? Well, what we did is that we aged the world up in the past sort of fifteen twenty. Years. We aged the world up two years, so um, so instead of Penny being you know a tween, which was sort of where our audience was when we did the show for the Disney Channel the first time, we're doing it for Disney Plus. So we said, listen, let's age the characters up two years. So now Penny's at the top of her grade in middle school at Willie T. Ribs Middle School. She's 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 she running things, her and her crew. So um, so so that was kind of for us the secret sauce. So um, so we knew that. So we didn't really have to do much to the world. The only thing we really needed to do was add all the accoutrements that comes with all things 2022. So you're talking about social media, you're talking about iPhones, you're talking about all those things that that um, uh, that tell you that you're you're telling a story uh, that deals with elements of today. It's just a parallel world with with our characters. So I think I only aged two years in that time as well. So hilarious. Hey, <laughs> there it only, is. If only. <laughs> Talk about the um, artists. Right, because fifteen years, did you have the same pen pen game? Like who, you know? It, because that's it a looks, great question. It looks similar. I'm telling. It's a great question because of how we made the show this time. So, so back in 2001. Listen, let me just give you an overall, you know, scope of of the industry. Right. So in our industry, you know, um, I think at that at the time that I I did this little small movie called Baby's Kids. Right. 
Um, during that time, it was like maybe three to 5% African-American. So then you got to dice that three to 5% up and figure out, okay, out of that three to 5%, who actually are artists that actually can, you know, that can be elevated to certain positions and really help inform and tell a story. Not many, because in most cases, you know, those artists are either um, very young in this business or probably about to retire. Like there's just this huge gap, you know, in, in terms of, of telling a story. So, so a lot of it has to be informed by, by that single person. And hopefully you, the artists that you are trying to employ and work, hopefully they understand your culture, you know, uh, are down with your culture. You know what I mean? Because I had a lot of guys when I was working on Baby Ace Kids that didn't want to work on the movie because they mm -hmm. literally thought that they were going to walk outside and get jumped by some a gang or some shit like that because they 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 didn't understand the scope of blackness that they that was asked to put on the screen. So um, so now you fast forward to the first version of, of the Proud Family, where again I'm I'm working with an assortment of artists. More black artists, mainly the the writing room was was all black and you know well informed and really was about telling the right stories with the right characters and everything like that and the right tone and everything. Um, but again, the artist trying to find the artist was a struggle um, because a lot of those artists still didn't really exist. So again, you got to groom everybody up on the culture, get them to understand what it is, type of stories we're telling. Now. We put that out in the in the zeitgeist at the time. And so we had a lot of black people watching the show. So you fast forward to 2019, 2020, when we're making the show. A lot of the artists that we hired were kids that were watching the show the first time mm -hmm. around. So so now from top to bottom, you know, we have uh, uh, people who are informed on the show, understand the show and are black. Like we've got two female black, you know, directors. That's rare because they still don't exist. They don't exist, you know, in any other studio. Um, and I got two of them. And, mm -hmm. uh, and both of them were fans of the show growing up. You know, my board artists, you know, were people of color, storyboard artists were people who grew up on the show. You know, people I'm hiring through Twitter and Instagram mm. and stuff like that, bringing artists on board, people of color to really inform every process along the way. I mean, animation is, 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 is film that's broken down frame by frame. So you've got to, have several disciplines to, to make this thing. So what you see before you is, is, is the group of people behind the scenes look like the group of people in front of the scene. Wow. On the screen. So that's, tough. That, that's a rarity, but we had to dig under all sorts of places to find that crew. I love it. Uh, we have a minute left. Uh, Mina has a question. Uh, who's our call screener today. She wants to know, is Wiz's face finally going to be revealed in the okay. series, Bruce? Are we going to see that's the, the face? with Wiz, right? We, we, you don't know who Wizard Kelly is. I mean, like, that's kind of the person behind the scenes. You never really truly know who they are. So, well, you Wizard brought Kelly's EJ, you brought EJ Smith on this season. EJ Magic Johnson is actually EJ, yes. I'm sorry, EJ Johnson, Magic Johnson's um, Magic child. Johnson's son. Now, yes. what's so funny is that ah, Wizard Kelly was always sort of like our bizarre extended version of Magic Johnson, right? Because Magic Johnson was Mr. LA. That's you right. know, I mean, he had everything at the time, was running, you know, a lot of things. But he's Magic Johnson. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, he, we all know him for, you know, listen, I grew up in L.A., loved him. He's one of, you know, my top players of all time. Magic has that just great, you know, personality and such. So, listen, EJ made sense because EJ knew who, who, who his character, Michael, was. 
Lamont King is here. He had a question during the break, and I was like, you better not answer that till we come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so repeat your question, Lamont. No, so, you know, I'm a fan of uh, uh, Family Guy, and I know that, you know, the Proud Family is not in the same class, not even compared to it. Uh, but how do you explain their, their longevity? I mean, they, they crossed the line on so many levels, it, it, entertaining as it may be. But it, it goes against everything. All these lines we're being forced to respect now. You know, you can't say this. You can't say this. You can't do that. And what, how can you explain their, their longevity? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people, the, the show's been on the air for such a long time. They've got, you know, a real dedicated audience. And that's the irreverent style of the show. I mean, I think Seth MacFarlane did a great job at at planning the tone right away, what to expect, you know, and it, it can be very disrespectful, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. give it to them. It's, it's funny and how, and in terms of how they tell the stories and the style of the show and everything like that. So it's just part of his personality. If you, if you know, you know, I mean, you, you, you get a taste of second farm because he voices half the characters, I think. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that is. So, what it is. so to that point though, and, and your show is more geared for, for kids and young people. Is there room for a, a super edgy black animation? Sure. It is. I mean, you know, listen, the tone of our show, we we edged up the tone of our show mm -hmm. since we're on Disney Plus now. So we sort of see our show as kind of like, you know, family viewing, co-fans, like you can watch it with your kids. There's something that you're going to you know, laugh at and that your kids ain't going to get and vice versa. There's something that the mm -hmm. kids laugh at, you know, that you're going to be like, was that really funny? Kids going to get it. You know what I mean? I mean, we right. we sort of, our, our, our show has lots of music in it that's multi-generational as well. So you'll hear a Bill Withers track and, you know, you'll hear Chloe and Hallie, you know what I mean? So there's something for the adults and, and, and the kids and, and, you know, even older adults, even your grandmama like this show. So, so that's kind of how, how we, we wrote the show and, and how we, we think the show works best. I also have real quick, I have a, I have a graphic artist in the house, 13, real big on anime and, and manga and, you know, comics and freehand drawing. What do you what do you suggest as a path um, for an artist of that type and, and where they should go? <laughs> Get a passport because because uh, yeah, most of the manga stuff, the best stuff is just done over in Korea and Japan and all of that stuff. That's how they want to in, invest their career. I mean, I think, you know, um, uh, animation is a medium that's going to be there forever. So I can't tell you what will happen when that kid turns, you know, 1920 when they're sort of ready to shape this get inside and get in the business and stuff the 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 animation industry continues to evolve uh you know but it's always there and i think you know as long as they've got a love for the medium they'll find their way mm. I, I love that advice bruce w smith is here bruce almighty three e's after the t on twitter the theme song you know theme songs are are a lost art form but you seem to have recaptured this i think was beyonce involved with the first one yeah, it was Beyonce, uh, Destiny's Child, and Solange. I remember that recording wow. day. I remember, you know, Solange was was just the lead vocalist in there, and and you know, Beyonce was was there coaching, giving you know all the the great uh, background vocals with the group. It was an amazing day. It was it was really fun, and and they got it, you know, right away. It was like, you know, they saw the little presentation that we had done because we were just still in the midst of making the show. They saw the little presentation and they were like, oh, this will be fantastic. We got Kurt Farquhar in there to, to compose and write the song. And that was a crazy day because, you know, this is, is Destiny's Child, like doing mm -hmm. your theme song. So yeah. like that, that's just, you know, crazy in its concept alone. But that told me a lot about, 
what this show was and who it was reaching out to. And, and, you know, we sort of see the show as kind of like a for us, by us kind of mentality. You know, I think that, that that's why people respond to it in the way they do. We have no problem casting folks. I mean, we had an amazing cast this time around. We mentioned our main cast, but like people who were calling us wanting to get on board was just phenomenal. So, like so that's Billy Porter we, is uh, making an appearance this, this season. We mentioned EJ Johnson. Uh, so who who called to get on? Because you you had some nice cameos in the first run with yeah, Proud we did. Family. We had some amazing cameos the first time around, um, and I think that that registered with a lot of folks. Mainly because you know the all the actors that we got were like looking to get an animation because they wanted their kids to see something that they've done. You know what I mean? In most cases, like Ving Rhames did Baby Boy. You know, it's like it's like it's hard for his kid. You know, take his kids to go see all most of the movies that he's made. So. Uh, he embraced the idea of coming onto our show. And yeah, definitely not Pulp Fiction. He's not. You know what I'm saying? Or, not or Rosewood. I mean, yeah. that matter. that's what I mean. <laughs> so that was. So that was. It wasn't really an arm twisting method to get you know people to come onto the show, and they always did an amazing job because they hadn't been in this medium before. So it was voices that you hadn't heard, and uh, and it make that's another level of our show that really makes it truly amazing. So who are, who are we going to see cameoing this time? Oh God! Uh, just give just give us two. Two that we're gonna make us clutch. Lil Nas X drops by. Uh, Lizzo drops by. Um, you mentioned Billy Porter, Zachary Quinto. They play uh, a, a same-sex couple um, that that we'll see in a lot of the episodes. You mentioned E.J. Johnson playing Michael this time around. Uh, so yeah, it's it's we've got an amazing group of uh, uh, we got amazing talented folks coming through. And who we did do the a theme great song? Western that has Ben Turman and Art Evans and oh, uh, uh, oh my gosh, yes, it's, it's it's really cool. And who does the theme song this time? Because you didn't get Destiny's Voice Child to come Rice back together. Does the theme song, yeah. Who is it? So basically, you know, we 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 just kind of like did a small remix on the theme song, but we just wanted someone who who would sing it for the next generation. That's kind of what all this is. Like it's it's really a handoff to the next generation of artists. And um, and so Joyce Rice came in and did an amazing rendition of the theme song, as you'll see as you watch the show. Like people love the theme song and didn't want us to change it in any type of way. And uh, uh, but we've got a real, you know, uh, we think we got a really great version of the theme song. It's nice. You won't skip. All right, uh, I can't let you leave this show without asking you uh, financial questions, Bruce W. Smith. How lucrative is um, having first the first? rendition baby's kid as well like wh- how big is is animation right now uh financially for people who might want to get into this uh let's see well uh, animation has done well by me you know <laughs> but i i think also animation is a medium that what we prove is pandemic proof like we made this show through this three-year pandemic or whatever we're going through right now mainly because it's always been set up that way for for mm-hmm. years it's like you know, we did the show in these squares that we're looking into right now, you know, with artists from around the nation, in most cases around the world. Um, and it was the same way when I did this move, a uh, uh, little short at um, called Hair Love uh, was done the same way. Oh, and, uh, you won uh, an Oscar for that. Well, that was yours to- that. Oh, that's right. So, oh, wow. uh, so yeah, so so animation is 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 proven to not, you know, the pandemic can't stop us. So, it, and it became the medium of choice for a lot of actors because they were like, okay, I can't shoot on set today, but I can certainly record from my living room and, and make this money. So, um, uh, so animation is one of those mediums that I would encourage artists to get, especially artists of color, 
you know, that's, you know, hopefully artists watching the Proud Family is the next Bruce Smith out there can actually create something that would be really cool that I can work for one day. What does the first Bruce Smith do to get into this industry? What's your what's your origin story? How did you jump into this to begin with? Because you're not an artist. You don't draw, right? I absolutely do. Okay, mm-hmm. I apologize. Mm-hmm. You, oh, yes. You, you do all of the pen work? I do all of that. All that stuff you see on the Proud Family is off of my hand. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. All right. I, you know, well, I came in this business as an animator. So I worked for Walt Disney Studios for years and years and years. So I worked on a lot of your favorite films growing up. Uh, uh, name your favorite film from a Disney studio. I bet I probably worked though. See, but I knew Walt Disney was a racist, so I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> so I knew that was coming. Thank you. Thank so my you. First thank film, you. My, the first one <laughs> I worked on was uh, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Uh, and uh, animated on that. Um, animated on movies like you know Tarzan and Prisoner Groove. Um, man, uh, many short projects. Um, Listen, directly animation Space Jam. Guys probably didn't know that. Didn't so, know that. So, uh, oh, yep, yeah. sat alongside Michael Jordan, showed him his medium, had a lot of fun with him. The first Made one or the, or the second one? Did you touch the, the, first one. the new one? You ain't touched the new first one. First one. First one. Stop <laughs> it. Stop it. One. You ain't touched the new one. I at like all. the new one. That, go, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I actually did some consulting on the on the second okay. one, but I just, but at the same time, I was I was working on Proud, so I just didn't have time to work on it. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh. But so I I've made it a point to kind of touch down on 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 you know I mean I've been in this business for about a good thirty some odd years. So. Wow. Uh, uh, and as an animator, you guys know, animator is like a performer. It's like the actor in a film, right? So, for example, in Princess and Frog, I played the villain, Doctor Facilier. So that performance that you see on screen is off my hand, you know, and I got some animated below me, blah, blah, blah. But it's really about, you know, the performance in the film. So, um, so for me, that, that's where, uh, that's where I really sort of started in this business, sort of making my bones. So yeah, I'm not, I'm different from a lot of the artists that people that create shows that you think don't really draw on the show. I'm, I get in with all the artists and we all make this together. Mm. I was I was given advice by a very wise person that if you ever do anything, you need to be able to do all aspects of a thing in order to truly be successful, because then no one can take it away. No one can stop you from doing it. And when I'm listening to you right now, I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm seeing what that looks like when you can do all of the things. So kudos to you. Hey, when you know enough about it, I like I'm not I'm a you know, I'm not a master of all of this, but I know it. You know what I mean? I know how to communicate it. And that's the key to making yes. uh, a lot of this stuff is being able to communicate with your artists. Your artists respect other artists. So, mm-hmm. um, so, and that's part of your hiring process too. It's like people, you know, without sounding, you know, too full of myself, people want to work with me. So it's like, because they, they respect where I am in the craft and, and that's great, you know? So I got to continue to make great stuff. So people would want to work, work with me. Well, I am all in. We're going to definitely support this version of the Proud family and the last version too. We're going to keep, we're going to watch all of it because that all gets credit back to you. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Our pleasure. Louder and Prouder available on Disney Plus. Bruce, I appreciate you so much and I'm so proud of you. No doubt. We've been trying to do this for a while. So I'm glad that uh, we finally got a chance to do this. I love your show too. I listen as well when I'm in the car and such. So yes. Thank you. Bruce W. Smith. Love you. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.